We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Well, good morning. Today is Tuesday, the 11th of April, and we just celebrated Easter. And I heard uh, a really a neat thing on the radio over Easter weekend, which I'll just leave you with this question to start with is, which thief on the cross do you want to be? Oh, my name is Scott Shera. I'm Grace's dad. One of the reasons God allowed Grace to die prematurely was to save others and to wake others up, and including me. I was not awake before her death and have become a full-time advocate as a result. And this podcast, for those of you who have been following, is called Deprogramming with Grace's Dad. And the reason is, is I believe that is the single most important thing that she died for, for me personally, to, to wake me up as to how programmed I have been and continue to be. But I'm working toward the end of being deprogrammed. So before we get started... Um, many people comment about the favorite part of the show is the stories about grace. So we're going to start um, with, I'm going to make a pronouncement that in Wisconsin, winter is officially over. It is supposed to be 75 degrees today. However, I want to show a picture back from April 16th of 2018. So this is five years ago. So Don, can you bring up that picture? All right, so overnight on the 15th, we received 36 inches of snow in one evening. And I came to this mess at our shop and uh, unbelievably, I'd already removed the plow from the tractor, which I just did yesterday. And so I couldn't even find the plow. We had to search for the plow underneath the snow just to get it back on the tractor and, and get dug out from this mess. So in honor of the season being over, I'm going to show two snowmobile videos of Grace. So the first one, I'm just going to call the And then the, the second one I want to set up. So this one, uh, you know, Grace became more and more brave, especially when mom wasn't around. And this one was one that mom wasn't around. And this is the first time this video has been shown publicly because of that fact. So what we did... So we, as my son-in-law and I, we had the big snow blower on the back of the tractor. The snow was pure powder. So we made this gigantic um, hill of powder snow thinking Grace could drive right through it with the snowmobile because it's just pure powder. Well, it didn't quite happen that way. So go ahead, Don, you can roll this one. So you can see why that hasn't been shown in public. Moms don't like those type of situations. So uh, what we're going to do today, I've got uh, really a neat guest, uh, John Bodwin. And John is, um, well, you're going to get a kind of an introduction to John with these clips I'm going to play. We're going to call today's program Just the Facts, Ma'am. Death Certificate Analysis Reveals Agenda. So, Don, you can bring in the Joe Friday picture first. Just the facts, ma'am. I don't know too much about it, Sergeant, but I got a hunch. I don't think I made a mistake. Yeah. What do you think? No, sir, it's no mistake. Ladies and gentlemen, 
the story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. So back when Dragnet was on, things were a lot more innocent, but uh, they're not innocent today. Uh, about six weeks or so ago, Mike Adams had this quote, and I want to quote it before I introduce John. Uh, the next stage of world war, in other words, won't be carried out by soldiers dressed as soldiers. Rather, it will be soldiers dressed as public health workers in order to eliminate resistance to the invasion. And that is what we're under right now. So, Don, can you bring John Bodwin in, please? Hey, John, good to see you. Well, we don't have a, can't hear you. <clears throat> Okay, sorry about go. that. I was coughing and I, I accidentally turned my mic off. Good to see you too, Scott. Thanks. Well, thanks for coming on. So, John, you know, based on his research skills, I think, and and his attention to facts, I think he could be uh, Joe Friday's grandson, of course, on steroids with what he's done. So, John's an an engineer by trade. He's got an MBA. Uh, he worked in electronic design and semiconductor research for about thirty years. Uh, he began to analyze data in March of 2020 and in one week realized that the CDC made some changes that were unlawful. Uh, he decided to enroll in law school at age 56. So I presume that means you're 58 now. Is that yes, right? Sir. All yes, right. Uh, he filed for public records request in Massachusetts. He received 500,000 death certificates, analyzed them, and uncovered massive fraud on death certificates. So before we get rolling as part of your introduction, why law school? So that seems odd at 56 years old. Oh, boy. Um, you want to get heavy right away. Uh, do you know the story, Scott? Are you, are you, I don't. Oh, I, mean, I, know, I know about your filings. I looked at your complaints. But was that yeah. the motivation to get to law school so you could do those pro <laughs> se? Um, uh, yeah. I, uh, you, you're, you'll, you'll like the story. So uh, I lost my son four and a half years ago in a motorcycle accident, and um, I didn't work. I was sitting on the couch all depressed and everything. And um, COVID hit, and my, my middle son said, it's all BS. And I said, wow, you got to take it seriously, uh, Charlie. There's people dying. And to, you know, I had in the back of my mind that he might be right, because I'm I'm that way. I'm a contrarian. Uh, my personality is to not just accept things, but to look into them always. I'm an engineer. A lot of us just do that. So I downloaded the CDC data, ran some numbers. The pneumonia influenza numbers weren't, weren't checking out. Um, they didn't add up correctly with the other columns. And I wrote to the keeper of the record. Every file at the CDC that you can download has the address of somebody who owns that file, and you can write to them. So I wrote to him. I said, you got some problems, not in your 2020 data, but in your 2014 through 2018 data file. He did not write back, did not acknowledge the email. The file went down for 36 hours, and when it came back, they had changed the historical data so that the so that 2020 would, would look pretty bad. Um, and from that, I realized you can't do that. You can't change historical data, uh, but they did. I didn't have any, I don't have any proof, but in my mind, I know what happened to me. Uh, it was very specific and uh, particularized. And so I started writing papers. I wrote about 11 papers um, where the news was counter to the facts. Uh, I used uh, New York City data, CDC data, and other data 
to show that what they were saying on the news was just not true. I won't get into all the details with regard to race and everything else, <clears throat> but the story goes, I, um, I, I know that masks didn't work because, well, I'm an engineer and you take fluid dynamics courses even if you're an electrical engineer and you take some thermodynamics and you take material properties. Um, it just didn't jive. So I looked into it and I was like, oh yeah, I'm right. They don't work. You know, OSHA's got the specs, NEOSH has the specs and no wonder why they're not weighing in because if they did, they'd be, um, they'd be lying. So that's why they didn't weigh in and CDC came up with their, the BS rules. So I, um, I sued the governor of Massachusetts in federal court over the mask mandate. <clears throat> I'm deaf in one ear. Uh, I was four years old when I got a shot of streptomycin and penicillin mixed together and it caused me to go deaf in one ear. So my mother, one time, uh, I think I was in like fourth grade. She said, Hey, it's shot day. When, when you're going in line for the, for the rubella shot, German measles, go to the exit line and walk back out. Don't get the shot. So I did what she said and I never got the rubella shot. Um, so I guess I've got some kind of anti-vax thing in my head from, from my childhood. But, um, so anyway, the, the reason I mentioned the deafness thing, I, I tried to weave my way through constitutional law and I hadn't gone to law school for a day. And I don't know much about the law, but the right to free speech is not the right to speak freely. It, you have the right to receive speech as well as give speech. And they deprived me of the right to receive free speech from others when they ordered them to cover their mouths so I can't see their lips move, which is part of the way I hear people. If I'm in a, in a group, I, I can't hear people. I can't put the sounds together unless I see their lips move at the same time. So that was, I used that as a deprivation of my right to, um, to sue the governor. So what did the governor do? He rescinded order 31, reissued it as order 55 with an exception in paragraph 2B, which says, Nobody hearing impaired and nobody speaking to anybody hearing impaired had to wear a mask. And by doing so, he took my standing in court. I no longer had a complaint. I had nothing to complain about because I didn't have to wear a mask. Neither, neither did anybody else. So having seen him and having written 11 papers, I created a website. I put them on the website and I wanted the website to be about truth and light, L-I-G-H-T. So I thought, okay, well, Veritas Lux, so VeritasLux.com, that was taken. Verilux, Verilux, they're, they're all taken. So I Googled truth light and Google came back with the way, the truth and the life, L-I-F-E. And I thought, ah, that sounds good too. Um, the way you do something is a path. It's like via, okay. And truth is veritas. And then uh, I know that, you know, in Spanish it's vita and in Italian it's vita. So I'm like, okay, via veritas vita. Well, that was taken. <laughs> so I pluralized yeah. truth to vera. My website is Via Vera Vita, the way, the truth, and the life. Now, my wow. son, John, who died, um, he was born on the 14th day of June, the sixth month. And um, his friend was coming over for the second anniversary of his death. And um, his name is Matthew, great kid, just got married. And I, I was at a red light, and I was kind of embarrassed that I told him to go look at my website. And I, it was probably from the Bible. And I didn't know what it was. So I Googled way, truth, life, Bible at a red light. And it came back with John chapter 14, verse six. Oh boy. Yeah. So wow. my, my son's birthday <laughs> wow. um, and name and month and day. And I, so I started crying in the car 
and the light turned green. I put the phone down and I heard on, on the radio the very verse, the very words, not, not just the song, the very words, sweet child of mine in that very moment. It all happened. That whole thing happened in five seconds. Um, the, the, the name, chapter, verse, day, name, birth, and then the song just so it kind of shook me. And uh, I had been getting emails to go to a law school and I just thought. I got to pursue this, this law case. And, um, I don't know what I'm doing. So within two weeks I was in law school and then they, they threw me out for not getting the vaccine after a year. Yeah. I read, I read that on your website about how you actually got permission to not get vaxxed, but then they, they rescinded their permission. Yeah. Um, Can I tell you one more thing about that story? You bet. Last summer on the, on the day my son died, I went to the gym and uh, I was wearing a hat. It's a hat a lot of people don't like. It's red and it has white letters and four words across the front of it. <laughs> My sister gave me the hat. I don't donate to any politicians, never have, never will. But um, she gave me the hat. I wore the hat to the gym. I go, I, I'm having a bad day. It's, I'm depressed. It's the fourth anniversary of his death. And I go to put the hat in the locker. I'm all done working out. I work out hard. I sweat like hell and uh, I, I just, I work out hard. Everybody knows that, that sees me and um, I'm dragging. And all of a sudden I hear, I like your hat. And I turn around ready to fight somebody because <laughs> I thought he was being sarcastic. I mean, I'm in Boston. Everybody's sarcastic. <laughs> so um, it's this little guy, five, seven or so thin. Uh, he's got a ponytail. It looked as though he was in his sixties, you know, young sixties. Turns out he was 71. But um, I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, no, I'm serious. I like your hat. I'm like, oh, OK. And, and then uh, I forget what happened, but he, he said something like, um, are you all right? And I said, uh, not really. And then I said, can I tell you a story? He's like, yeah, sure. And I started telling the story I just told you about being in the car and, you know, I didn't know that, and I was kind of steered to this website. It was really a second choice. I didn't know. And, and I've got these words, way truth life. <clears throat> and then I said, and then I put the phone down and I heard on the radio. Now this is me talking to the guy in the gym and I heard on the radio and then I froze. I couldn't talk. And he smiled at me. He didn't say anything like, are you okay? He just smiled at me. You know why I froze? The song came on the radio in the gym at that exact moment. The guitar riff from Sweet Unreal. Child of Mine came on the radio. And, and uh, like, I, I just sat there. <laughs> you know, I started crying again. So some, somebody's telling me to keep doing this. Keep doing what I'm doing. And um, yeah, I believe. I, I didn't necessarily believe before that stuff. I know guys in Bible study. I go to Bible study now. They all know the verses and everything. They know the, the temperature and the, the seasonality of what's going on in every passage. I don't know any of that stuff. But um, it happened to me. And I never believed people like that before. But it happened to me. So, The good news is God doesn't judge us by how many verses we memorize. He judges based on the heart. Um, what a great story to introduce things. So how I just want to share with everybody about how I got to know John. You know, I, 
John was in the same C19 group that I'm in, but ultimately Dr. Margaret Aranda had sent me an email with this clip. And so Don's gonna play this clip after I introduce it. So this is on February 12th. And after I saw this clip, I reached out to John because I thought this guy's got some major research. We gotta get this out because part of the responsibility both John and I have is to wake people up. And so when Margaret sent me this clip and she claimed it had 37 million views, um, I thought, well, we got to get John on. So go ahead, Don, play the Twitter clip. Yeah, you kicked that dirt back, Cooper. Okay, people, it's time to get smart. Find out from your police what they need from you in order to pursue, pursue criminal charges for murder using remdesivir or involuntary manslaughter, any type of homicide. So let's do it. I'll tell you my journey as I go to the police and figure out what they need from me. Once they have enough information to do a preliminary investigation, if that preliminary investigation shows that there's enough, then they'll be obligated to bring it to a grand jury. And from that point on, it's up to the grand jury to subpoena evidence and witnesses. So let's go. Let's do it. It's killed over 100,000 people in the U.S. by my estimate using Massachusetts data, which is over 1,840 excess deaths in the last two years from acute renal failure alone. Thank you. So my daughter, Jess, really has framed this whole idea well. I mean, we lost Grace to a different protocol. It wasn't remdesivir and vents that most people have lost their lives to, but it was um, through a combination of end-of-life meds and an illegal do-not-resuscitate order. And, you know, when if we, if we saw a man on the street with a gun and watched him shoot somebody and the police came, they would lock him up and wait for the trial. That's the protocol. So yet, even though he's innocent till proven guilty, the reality is he would get locked up first. Well, right now we have literally physicians and nurses that are doing the same thing. They are repeating protocols known to kill people and they keep doing it. I was asked in a radio interview once, why do you keep going, Scott? And I, my answer was, if you knew where a serial killer lived and worked, how could you rest? You've got to expose this. And the lady who did the interview called me back privately afterwards. She said, you can't be saying that stuff on the air. So, well, I, I'm going to say it on the air because it's true and they keep doing it. I wanna show the numbers here and then John, you can comment on them. So Don, bring up the worldwide, um, COVID numbers and just scroll down just a, uh, so here, what I want to show here is you can see 70% of the population has been jabbed. Um, this daily number, 164,000 were jabbed yesterday. The day before it was 870 some thousand. It changes every day, somewhere between a half a million and a million people a day are still getting jabbed. So uh, you can take that off, Don. So you can see the murders are continuing. And it isn't, you know, I'm in the hospital murder lane. Um, John, you've exposed really the vaccine murder lane. But what what is your thought about this idea that, you know, they keep doing it and nobody's stopping it? It seems like we're paralyzed to stop this. At the beginning of 2021, um, I, I said something and then I've, it's been, it's been shown a few times. It's very simple. <clears throat> this won't end until everybody knows somebody. The uh, the press is so overwhelming. The media, the propaganda, the government control over the media is so overwhelming that um, it's going to continue to happen until everybody knows somebody who's been maimed or killed. 
Yeah. And that's where we are. Uh, people are are now beginning to know. Everybody knows somebody now, and now your numbers are down to what eleven percent or something. People have stopped taking the jab because everybody knows somebody. Uh, so it, it ends on its own. But they're going to do it again. They're going to do it again unless we we prove to the world what they've done, uh, which is intentional. And you know we can get into that later. So I want to talk about your death certificate analysis, and I want to show people what a death certificate looks like. So Don, can you bring Grace's death certificate up? All right. So then if you look at Grace's death certificate, you'll see that the first cause of death is acute respiratory failure with hypoxemia. Hypoxemia is low oxygen saturation. In Grace's case, that cause of death was a direct reflection of the hospital doctors choosing to prescribe a sedation med called Presidex that is not supposed to be used for more than 24 hours. It's a three-hour sedation med used for surgery. Grace was on it, and they increased it to the maximum allowable dose at four day four and a half. And so that was the first cause of death directly caused by hospital protocol. The second cause of death, COVID-19 pneumonia, is a complete lie. The purpose of that cause of death on a death certificate is the hospital receives a $13,000 bonus. And then the parents, in our case, we can receive a $9,000 burial bonus. And we chose to not take that money because we didn't want to accept their dirty money. But you can see what's going on. The same government that is causing the death now wants to look like a savior and provide money so people don't dig further. Uh, so, Don, you can take that off. So, you know, your death certificate analysis, uh, John, so you had, you know, obviously you've, you've got a lot of death certificates, 500,000 based on what was what you what you wrote. That doesn't make any sense that you could go through 900 or 500,000 death certificates. So how did you do it? What, what was the process? So around is it, uh, January of 2022 on the news, they said a seven-year-old girl died. From COVID. Now I I know you know the data and from being in various groups that I'm in that that did not happen. So <clears throat> I, I wrote about eight different public records requests. It's a state version of a FOIA. Submitted them and only one hit. Uh, we were denied on the other seven. The one that hit was the entire death certificate database for Massachusetts for the last eight years from 2015. Well, it was seven years back then, but we've had an update, so I have eight years now. I have 2022 as well now. So um, I looked at her death certificate. So I asked for her death certificate. And then in another records request, I asked for all of them. They gave us all of them, unredacted. I have, uh, you know, middle name, first name, middle name, last name, the parents' names, where the parents are from, the medical examiner's license number and office address, every cause of death, 314 different columns, zero redactions. I got everything. And this was all in a, a format that you could analyze it? Yeah, it was it was given in both Excel and uh, which I couldn't use, and gave, I told them to give it to me in a .csv comma separated value file, which can be brought into any spreadsheet. So that 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 raw data in the .csv worked very well. Unreal. I mean, I I uh, they must have not known who they're giving this to. So keep, <laughs> keep going. Yeah, I mean that's fantastic. You got it. So now you got it. What did you, so how did yeah. you analyze it? Well, I didn't know how to analyze it because I'm not a doctor. I'm not a statistician or a biologist or anything. So I used my engineering skills and I started looking for, for different things. First thing I did was uh, look at all cause because <clears throat> from the very beginning, 
in, in uh, even in May of 2020, uh, actually April of 2020, I realized that there's one thing they can't mess around with is all cause. They, they can't say people died who didn't die. Are they and they can't lie and say they didn't die or did die? People died, and that's a record. Now, what they died from, they can mess with, they right. can change the lines. I saw Grace's death certificate. The immediate cause looks accurate, that's what you would put for an immediate cause in line A. Uh, the, the last thing is like the root cause under B, C, and D called the underlying causes. Uh, that's where they wrote COVID under, under B, but between those, I mean, COVID shouldn't even be on there, like you said, right. there should be an X. Um, an X code. Well, they wouldn't write codes on that, but it should be uh, poisoning by accidental hospital, whatever. Although in this case, it seems like it was on purpose. Um, anyway, back to uh, what I looked at. So I did the all cause analysis, but I didn't just do all cause. I broke it out. I, I made a spreadsheet of, um, uh, I think about 18, 15 or 18 different age groups across the top of the spreadsheet. And then on the left side, I figured it was enough to do a granular um, a, a granulation of uh, semi-monthly. So I have 24 annual periods along the left side. Okay. <clears throat> and then I, I took how many people died in this half month of this age group. It all fills in and then totals. I wrote all the scripts for all the cells. Um, and then I, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me look at standard deviations and, and means and how far they differ from 2015 through 2019 as the baseline. Uh, and then I started I like, well, you know what, let me visualize it by adding a color with a conditional such that the red being excess or blue being deficit, the color gets brighter or, or you know, darker, depending on how, how many standard deviations it's off. And then I come up with this, this picture within the spreadsheet, where in 2020, it's almost a, it's a horizontal bar almost where it all happened in nine weeks, mid-March to mid-June is where the excess death was in 2020. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it was 60 and older. Okay. Well, that, that's where you would expect it, right? So you have this pandemic that's only nine weeks. That's a horizontal bar. Then I go into 2021, do the same thing. And it's totally different. It's, it's a vertical bar. That's from 60 to around 75. Uh, is that right? Yeah, it's about 60 to 75 or 65 to 70. That's it, 65 to 79. Uh, 65 to 79, vertical bar all year long. All year, no seasonality all year long. That's the year of the vaccine, don't forget. Now, there was a deficit in the 85 plus group. And when people get CDC data and they look at 65 plus, they're thinking, okay, I'm getting 65 plus bunch of old people. Um, oh, there's no signal from February 21 to June, July of 21. And they say, well, there's a five month lag where people die from a vaccine. It's like, no, that's, that's not what's happening because you didn't break out the age groups granular enough like I did, which... There was a deficit from 85 plus because so many of them got wiped out in nine weeks in 2020. They weren't around to die again. And that deficit cancels out the signal of the 65 to 79 group from February to July. And so that five month period where it appears as though there's no signal, there absolutely is a signal all year long. They're just looking. It's called a Simpsons paradox. Negative one plus one is zero. You have two signals that cancel each other out for a period of time. 
Um, so I found that's that's one thing I found. And then um, what was the other thing? Uh, well, I, I, oh, ages, the ages, average age of COVID um, in 2020, the average age of COVID was 81.3. Now the range of excess deaths, if you, once you strip away all the deaths that would normally have occurred taking 2015 through 2019 and the average age being 75.3 to 75.8 for those years, you would expect, okay, what, what were the excess deaths average age? It was between 79 and 82. Now I just said COVID was 81.3. It fits perfectly within the range. Now in 2021, I know I'm probably confusing people with the numbers. Let's we'll, just say, we'll, we'll, we'll get to your numbers here in the PDF that you sent me, but still finish out. Yeah. So just think the average age of COVID death in 2020 was 81. And that was the same age of excess death in 2020. That's all 2020. Now in 2021, so I might've said the wrong year then. In 2021, the average age of COVID death all of a sudden drops to 75.8. It's five years, more than five years younger. But the average age of excess death was 65. How can, how can the excess deaths be all the way down to 65? And COVID be at 75.8. That means COVID isn't killing all those excess deaths. Yeah, it makes no sense. Right. It's something else. Something else is killing them. So then I went into individual ICD-10 codes, which I didn't know anything about before this, but that's a, a code for each cause of death. There's a whole bunch of them, thousands, tens of thousands. And um, and I started mapping out the, the more popular ones. Um, and, and I looked at changes over time. So I did this. I have 30 spreadsheets. I have half a page of, of a formula with conditionals all written for each cell and, and it's, it's complicated. They're all linked such that I type in one number, the 30 sheets all update, they call each other and they generate graphs automatically. Now the graphs I've generated are all over the, you know, Twitter, all over the web. I have a website. Uh, what I did was I mapped out what changed in causes of death in 2020 from the baseline of 2015 through 19 and then what changed in 21 and 22 so what who was dying i already told you is changed it changed from older to kind of you know 60 from the 80s to the 60s actually most people died they were in the 90s they wiped out all the old people with covid or i i know that it wasn't covid it was protocols uh and, and then they started wiping out people nearly 20, 15, 20 years younger with the vaccine. Uh, so your, the people change. Did your summary differentiate between hospital versus vaccine? Hospital versus vaccine. You mean Meaning, hospital versus home or? No, hot, where people were taken out by protocols in the hospital versus people taken out <laughs> by the vaccine. Did it differentiate or was it um, really a lot of main, mainly focused on vaccine? No, because a lot of people that died from the vaccine died in the hospital. They, they didn't just, a lot of people don't just drop dead. They have heart problems. They have pulmonary emboli. They, they, they have uh, strokes. Stroke victims end up dying in the hospital. So do heart victims. You know, most of them, you know, we, we hear about the ones who drop dead, right, out in public right. playing a sport. But many of them die in the hospital um, yeah. because the hospital, they can't fix all the clots that are happening in the brain. It just yep, that, makes, that makes total sense. 
I do so, want to show one one statistic. Then I, I do I want you to show these numbers in graph form. So I've got you know the four page PDF that you sent me. We'll have Don bring it up, and then you can walk through these because I think it'll connect the dots with people. There's yes, so sir. many anomalies. Um, Don, can you bring up the uh, worldwide hospital death number? I just want to have people see this. So when you look at this, this uh, this is literally live. I gave Don the link. This is daily updates. So the United States is number one in hospital killings over the last three years at 1.157 million. India is number two at 531,000. You can get rid of that one then, Don. So what's going on is you can see the United States is all in on this agenda. You know, how can we be number one in hospital killings over the last 36 months. It makes no sense. So let's jump into, Don, if you can bring up the the uh, PDF that I sent you, and then John can call on uh, each page. So these are the four pages in order, John. You just call on them as you, you want to walk through them. Sounds good. Sounds good. Before I get into this one, let me just finish the last thing I was I was going to say. The, the Who got killed changed to 15 years younger, what they died from is my analysis on ICD-10 codes. It changed from respiratory in 2020 to circulatory in blood in 2021. That is a stark difference. Viruses don't just say, hey, we're going to kill people by uh, pneumonia this year. Then we're going to switch over and kill them by arrhythmia the next year. It, that doesn't happen in the real right. world. But that's, that's the major thing I found uh, over a year ago now that took off. A lot of people in the right, like people like you and people didn't hear about it. Um, and the last thing is um, seasonality. So a seasonal respiratory virus kills in the winter. And and that shows in the original wave. It also shows slightly when you extract all the other stuff in late November and December and, and January, it, it shows in the 2021 to 2020 to 2021 winter. I'm in New England, I'm in Boston and Massachusetts is cold. So the seasonality changed from a sine wave, which is a normal kind of thing in society when people die in a northern climate, to a, to a straight line. It just doesn't do that. That's, that's, right. that's man-made. It's man-made. The more they vax people, the more people died. That's the excess. So those three different profiles I, I've, I've documented, which is different from any other study in the world, because the CDC bundles data. They'll give you, and the next slide we're going to talk about is renal failure, and they'll give you renal failure. Okay, well, renal failure is up 20%, and that's horrendous. That's terrible. But I broke out chronic renal failure versus acute renal failure, and guess what? Acute renal failure is up 100%. Yeah. Not 20%. It was canceled out by the chronic renal failure that was down because 8,800 people died in nine weeks in 2020 and created another Simpsons paradox where the signals cancel each other out. Yeah. So th these are the things that you can find with record level source data. Record level source data allows somebody like me to figure out what really happened. And we don't have to put up with the bundles that CDC gives us to hide, mask, obfuscate, and obscure all the data and, you know, from us. Anyway, that's, that's what I've done that's different from anybody else in the world. It's, it's phenomenal. I mean, I've, I spent uh, a fair amount of time on your website looking at this, and I had to get it boiled down to this show just because of time. 
you know, there's, there's so much. And I mean, you get a sense of what John's IQ is just by the introduction. So no. when you, when you, <laughs> I'm not that smart. I'm not that... <laughs> All right. So let's, let's bring up the PDF and let's walk through, through these on a macro level. These will be in the show notes. So you don't have to take screenshots here. They'll all be in the show notes so you can, can have them uh, at sure. your leisure. So go ahead, John. So Scott said, you know, three slides, like, okay, let me look at my presentation of 120 slides and figure out how to present this in three slides. <laughs> um, I think I've gone over verbally a lot of stuff that's happened, but okay, in the top left here, you have COVID deaths in Massachusetts. This is any death certificate that has a COVID diagnosis, either in part A or part B, part one or part two, depending on what state calls it. Um, so these are COVID. You see that COVID went down from 2020 to 2021, basically cut in half. Um, just a caveat for anybody who's real stickler for data. <clears throat> these, these reddish brown graphs I use are only through November 30 of each year. And the reason I do that is because at the time I made these, I only had data in 2022 up through November 30. And to have an equitable comparison for each year, I cut each year off at November 30. Now in that green one in the bottom, that's the 25 to 44 age group. That's that's uh, every year is a full year except for 2022, which was cut off. So it's even worse than what you see in that greenish blue. Now let me get back to the, the actual numbers. Um, it, it's basically cut in half year over year from 2020 to 2021. And then a little bit less, almost the same in 2022 as it was in 2021, which is still less than half of 2020. Now, ARF is acute renal failure. That means you didn't have a problem before. And then all of a sudden you have a problem with your kidneys and you die with that problem. Now, uh, chronic stage one, two, three, four, and I think five um, is a different code. It's like N18.1234 and five for the stages. <clears throat> that that would mean you had a problem before. Uh, mm -hmm. I told you about the Simpsons paradox, but let, let's take a look at this acute renal failure in the right. You see COVID is up quite a bit from 2015 through 2019. That 1494 number, 1500, um, it's normally, it'd be around 1200. It should be around 1200. So about 300 excess people died. Out of those 300 excess, don't forget, 8,800 excess people died in nine weeks from mid-March to mid-June of 2020, which includes that. That's in that block right there. People 95, 98, 103, 107 years old, um, 85, a lot of them died with, with a, an acute renal failure problem, whether from COVID or not. Um, and it actually, some of those might actually be in December because Remdesivir started being used in November on mass. Uh, it was approved in May for certain people and then another time for other people. And then November, it, they kind of opened it up to everybody. Uh, so well, I'm, I'm making an excuse here why 2020 is even higher than, than normal. Um, but, but wait a minute. 2021 should be cut in. That marginal difference between 2020 and the average of 2015 through 19, that marginal difference should be cut in half. Instead, it's it's doubled in 21. And then look at it 2022. That's crazy. And, and it's not just the old. 
I only clipped out one age group here for you. Uh, it's up in every single age group. But this is the 25 through 44-year-olds. If you see the number 62 there, the year not, is not even done. That's going to end up being around 70 before the end of that 2022 year. Now, let's say 70. Normally, it's around, I don't know, 22, 23. And it's at 70. Wow. So you're looking at 50 people there and then another, you know, uh, 20 in uh, 2021. That's 70 people of family age, 25 through 44, kids losing their parents, parents losing their kids. These are not unhealthy people. 2020 culled a lot of unhealthy people in our society, which was terrible and should not have happened. But the people who were left had already experienced COVID. So what this adds up to in total, I don't have the calculation on the screen here, but you see the number 1840 in the bottom right? <clears throat> I'll tell you how I calculate excess. It's really simple. Um, there, If you take an average, it's unfair. If it's a positive trend, now you're 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 underestimating the uh, how many people should die, and you're kind of cheating by saying more people died. In this case, it's actually a negative trend. You see it going down from 2015, 16, 17. Every year it's going down, and then it goes up in 2020. So instead of using a linear least squares approximation of a of a sloped line, I used average. So I'm being conservative. I could have used the 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 negative slope line. So I just use the average, you see the black line. Now, if you take how many people died above the black line in 21 and 22, not, not 2020, how many died above the black line in 21 and 22, uh, that, that comes out to 1,840 people. If, if this were a green graph, don't forget this is a brown graph and it only has the numbers up to November 30 of each year. So don't try to add up the numbers visually. Um, if you were to do this on the full year, 1,840 excess acute renal failure deaths in the last two years in Massachusetts alone. One state, just one state. And this is very conservative because it should have been lower. Um, I hope that makes sense to your audience. What you've got left side, it goes down. Right side, it goes up. It's not causal with COVID. It's inversely related to COVID. It's not COVID that's killing people by that's acute right. renal failure. Yep, that's 100% makes sense? accurate. So when we get to these next couple, John, pick, since these are going to be in the show notes, pick a couple of high points because these are there's so many there's so yeah. many things that were were caused by what they're using. These things are caused by what they're using to treat COVID. So go ahead, John. Don, you can bring up the second one. Okay, what I'm trying to show here is that the year of 2020, um, being say a COVID year, a, a seasonal respiratory virus. I put respiratory issues across the top. So you have COVID and then you have all respiratory codes and then one respiratory code within all of them is pneumonia unspecified. And that's the top right one. You see that from 2020 to 2021 and 2022, as expected, as it follows all cause, which I also show, uh, I, don't, I didn't put it in here, all cause looks the same. From 2020 to 2022, it's down and down and down. So that's all respiratory. Now, if you look at cardiac and pulmonary embolism, which is clots in your lungs, and other coagulation defects, which is clots, you know, all over the place. On the bottom, so this is the bottom row. 
you see that the graphs change shape from going down to going up. Every one of them is up. Cardiac arrest, cardiac arrhythmia, pulmonary embolism, and other coagulation defects. I only picked four to put on this slide. Uh, there's another slide with some more. Uh, but when we go to the next slide, remember this top row. Remember that the top row is pneumonia, all respiratory, and COVID. They all went down, as one would expect. Now, if the, the news is trying to tell you that, oh, people have this like long COVID and they're dying from cardiac arrest from COVID. It's like, no, they're not. It's from the shot. We know it is. It's inverse, inversely related to COVID. Yeah, oh, yeah. well, COVID's going to kill one way one year and one way the next year. And now it's going to be long. And then it was short. And like, what are you talking about? I got the evidence right here. It's all in black it's, and white. And, and right. This is it's obvious. So this this is what you were saying in when you were describing it before. It went from a respiratory disease to a blood disease. But it's not. Obviously, that's that can never happen unless something happened in between, which what happened in between was the jab. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. They're, 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 uh, they're pulling the wool over everybody's eyes with all their fake stuff. This, this is, you know, and, and I go far beyond this. I go down to the record level and we can talk about that after the graphs. All right. Uh, let's oh, go to the next page then, Don. So uh, remember those blue ones. Now I'll just read these across. So you've got lymph node cancer in the top left has gone through the roof. Um, again, 2020, you can make an argument that, you know, that with 8,800 people who died in nine weeks, uh, 20 of them had, or 19 of them had uh, lymph node cancer. All right. So that makes sense. How do you explain 21 and 22 taking off like a rocket? You know, I don't know about you, but I've heard many people complain about sore armpits after the jab where their lymph nodes are. Uh, then you've got bone marrow cancer. Remember that lymph, lymph and bone marrow is where many of your blood cells are made. Uh, especially marrow, you got red cells, white cells, and platelets all made in the marrow. It's all getting screwed up. Everything to do with the blood. The circulatory and heart, the heart is the center of the uh, transport system for the blood. Uh, then you've got malignant neoplasm of the retroperitoneum, peritoneum, uh, tachycardia, bottom left tachycardia, 98-year-old woman in Vermont. I have the death certificate. I have the bears report. She gets injected. Her heart rate goes to 145 beats per minute. Two days later, she dies of a heart attack. Her death certificate says heart attack, but really her heart attack is at 98 years old is the result of getting a jab. Her heart goes to 145 beats per minute. And she, she ran out of heartbeats. They ran her out of heartbeats. And then uh, encephalopathy right. is the next one. Uh, dysautonomia, uh, uh, um, disorders of the autonomic nervous system is the second to last. And the last one is disorders of the central nervous system. Small numbers, but you see the difference? It goes to 20 in 2022. These are all kind of like stroke related. Uh, the last three on the bottom. I do have other strokes. Strokes was the hardest thing for me to find because they put them all in G codes, which are all over the place. They're not in I codes, which are circulatory, which is where I would have thought I would have found them. But I didn't find them there. I found them in, in these. Um, this is probably the last slide, right? So I can talk there, about. The, um, yep, that's the last one here. Then we're going to go to your summary site because I have a very specific comment about uh, listing people in in your lawsuits. But go ahead with your. Oh, your okay. Summary here. Well, I, it, we can go to the next slide then if you want. <clears throat> 
So that last one, so I want to introduce this because I, I think it's really important, but I want you to tell people why, but I, I think I connected the dots. So you have filed um, lawsuits. This is actually one of the exhibits in a lawsuit and you're putting literally real people and connecting the dots with the lawsuit. So um, explain why you're doing that, and then you can explain the summary. And I want to close this this piece of it by emphasizing this is no accident, folks. So go go ahead, John. So uh, this is from Exhibit F of my lawsuit in U.S. District Court, District of Massachusetts, against the governor, the public health commissioner, the chief medical examiner, and four individual medical examiners for massive fraud on death certificates. They, um, before this slide, I'll tell you I have uh, detailed acute fentanyl intoxication, blunt force trauma to the head, blunt force trauma to the torso, um, injected <clears throat> and, and died from the COVID vaccine. They were all labeled COVID deaths, COVID deaths. So that's all fraud. And then of yeah. course they avoid writing the vaccine on any death certificate except for one. There was, I swear to God, an intern was working that day. She wrote down <laughs> the actual codes and it snuck its way through the system. Uh, <laughs> It, it's. I was amazed. Rebecca Diedrich was the medical examiner. I have no problem saying her name. Uh, it's a public record. So she 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 certified a death with Y590, Y590.0, which is viral vaccines. Also on that death certificate was T88.1. Um, other complications from, from immunization not elsewhere classified. Um, if the barrel says apples and I'm holding a Macintosh, I can throw that in the barrel, right? There are codes they can use. Don't let any doctor or nurse or lawyer tell you that there are no codes for C-19 vaccines. That's why we can't code it. That's BS. There are codes. They can use them. They were used on one record. Solomon uh, passed away early uh, from the vaccine, and it says it on his death certificate. Now, to this, I correlated death certificates to VAERS reports, and I made uh, the first maybe 13 pages of Exhibit F which is 123 pages long. The, the, the rest of it has the actual bears records and death certificates, but I summarized them in the first 13 pages or so for the judge and for the clerks, because I know they don't wanna look through 123 pages and they probably wouldn't, but they can look at this one page. And on this one page is a summary that says the age, sex, and then the time from getting the vaccine to onset of symptoms. I mean, I can tell you about Brianna was 30 years old. She died two and a half weeks after the vaccine. Well, how do you know it was causal? She reacted within a few hours. She had a headache. She was brain dead in a couple of days. They kept her on life support for a little over two weeks. So when you look at the date of death, it doesn't necessarily correlate to the onset of symptoms. If somebody gets a headache so bad, they go to the ER twice, they're sent home. The third time they get home, they don't recognize their sister. Then they bring him in to cut a hole in the head to get a craniectomy. And then, and then she goes paralyzed in half her body, uh, slips into a coma, goes brain dead. And what do they write on the, on the death certificate? COVID. They lied. Now, but before I introduce this slide, this is my whole strokes presentation that I'm referring to right now. Um, they, um, the doctors from Beth Israel Deaconess Hospital, Harvard Medical College, six doctors, they wrote a brief report published in the Neurohospitalist magazine or journal. <clears throat> the title is Fatal Post-COVID MRNA Vaccine-Associated Cerebral Ischemia. 
They're telling you in the title that the vaccine killed her by stroke. The words are all in there. Fatal, okay, post-COVID mRNA vaccine associated and then cerebral ischemia as a stroke. They killed her with the vaccine with a stroke. In every paragraph, they tell you it's the vaccine. In the second to the last paragraph, they say, oh, but this wasn't a CVST type of stroke. Eden McDonald was 17 years old who died of a CVST stroke five weeks after Brianna, the one I'm telling you about. And then in the next phrase, they say, oh, and, and by the way, they said several reports of CVSTs have occurred with these COVID vaccines. That's in the report. The next sentence, thrombocytopenia is frequent with these vaccines, but we haven't seen this in this case because Rihanna had an ischemic stroke. The, the, the clots prevent oxygenated blood from reaching certain parts. And if you don't get oxygenated blood in your cells, the cells die. So that's how she died. But wait a minute, two weeks before Brianna got injected, Diane was 62 years old and died from an acute intracranial hemorrhage in the setting of thrombocytopenia. So you've got three strokes in three women in three months in Massachusetts, one state. You've got a report from six doctors and they're telling you CVST strokes, there are several reports with the vaccines. Thrombocytopenia is frequent with the vaccines. And then you get to the summary which only anybody reads the summary, right? Except for me, because right. I'm kind of crazy. You know what the summary says, Scott? No. It's extremely rare. Yeah. They changed it. So, yeah, there's more to it. They write that they should monitor VARES, and it's important to monitor VARES, but they found nothing in VARES. Guess what they didn't put in VARES? They didn't put Brianna's report in VARES. Unreal. So, I, you know, let me get to this one. I'll just read these fast. Um, most of the ages are 50s and 60s, uh, but vaxxed onset of symptoms. And I'll tell you what they died from. So one day heart attack, one day cardiac arrest, two days brain bleed, same day respiratory failure, one day hemorrhage, three days arrhythmia, same day cardiopulmonary arrest, one day heart attack, five minutes cardiac arrest. He didn't make it out of the clinic. Two days cardio respiratory arrest, Hours died from clots, three weeks, pulmonary embolism clot, one day cardiac arrest, one day cardiac arrest just after booster, and two weeks pericarditis. These are all heart stroke related, arrhythmia related. They're bleeds and clots and carditis. This is not COVID. And they all happened minutes or hours or same day from the vaccine. There's no question what this is called in law. Um, well, it's, it's a Latin phrase, race ipsa locitor. The thing itself is the storyteller. Wow. So do the lawyers, so this is a this is just my personality, but do the lawyers use Latin words so they can bill more per hour? Because you got to ask them. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really, I, you know, I kind of like the Latin. I translated the whole thing from uh, Derenio ad Regem Cipri uh, from St. Thomas Aquinas. I, I translated it from to English because a lot of the translations I don't like. Um, you have to think about what they meant at the time and not just do a direct translation of words. So yeah. I, I kind of like the Latin. I can say something in Latin in three words that has like two sentences of meaning in, in English. That, that's when you use it. You use it to save time and space. <laughs> John, this, this uh, analysis you did, you know, we've got the website up. John's website is going to be in the show notes too. You saw it on page one of that PDF, his website, but this stuff is so impressive. I mean, you have um, 
dedicated your life to this. And, you know, your sense is, it's the same as mine. You're called to do this. Uh, I want to ask you the last question before I close, which is, uh, what do you want to leave people with? And what do you think would be most effective for saving people? And to introduce that, you you put a short video about the psychology of obeying on your Rumble channel. And I'm going to have Don play that, and then we'll go back to the question. Go ahead, Don. Psychology of civil disobedience. Protests go much better when you have a plan. You can easily learn more about your rights and the law than the principal or teachers do. You don't have to learn them all, just the ones for the situation. Before you begin your protest, you may feel fear, anger, sadness, or even disgust at the government. You will want to discard those and focus on positive emotions. First, let's look at the emotions of obedience and why people obey unjust laws. The herd mentality of self-preservation comes from an instinct of fear. Fear of physical harm, hateful comments from peers, or being fired from a job. Fear makes you believe that if you leave the herd, you'll suffer the consequences. Sometimes people have more group confidence than self-confidence. It's logical to think that eight people are collectively smarter than one, but in reality, the one with the biggest voice sets the direction, and he might be the dumbest guy of the group. People are also lazy. They follow someone else's lead rather than putting in the planning time required to be a leader. Others think, don't rock the boat, just go along to get along. Some just follow rules no matter what. They abdicate actual thinking to one who might tell them to go walk off a cliff, or drink the Kool-Aid, or take the poison needle like everyone else is. If you're not prepared, you may feel apprehension and anxiety even when you protest righteously. Have a plan, and then you'll feel much better when you protest. Negative emotions like... Anger, sadness, and anxiety ruin clear thinking. Pro golfers miss three-foot putts, and pro basketball players miss free throws. Negative emotions commonly morph. Fear and sadness easily turn to anger. Set aside negative emotions. Prepare and plan. Listen to Bobby McFerrin. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. How you feel when you protest also depends on your personality. But don't confuse cowardly personality with being a coward. Everything is relative. It's your actions that matter. For a cowardly personality, a protest can be a great act of courage. Whereas for a brave person, it might just be an adventure or a regular day. For an analytical person, it's just an assessment of logic without emotion. Know yourself and the anxiety you may have. You can get it to go away with preparation. Know the likely responses from your opponent. Know that any punishment is minor compared to losing your rights and freedoms. The more you plan and prepare, the less anxious you will be. Everyone has a different personality. Don't judge others by your personality traits. Try to lead others with encouragement. Remember, knowledge is power. Very few dare to be the first to dance. Look at this goofball. He was dancing alone for more than 10 minutes. After a while, one other joined, and soon there were more than 30 people dancing. So don't be worried if you're alone for a while. You're righteous. You're doing the right thing. People will see your actions, and after thinking about it, they'll make the right decision to join you. And it's not enough to just reduce anxiety, though. We do not exist to live at the margins of negative emotions. You really want to be in a positive frame of mind and enjoy your righteous act. Make it fun. Relish the experience. You'll be able to tell your friends in college or your workmates after that. And then you'll be able to tell your kids and your grandkids that you stood up for rights and freedom when it counted. You did the right thing when it mattered and it felt great see these two scenes in the picture choose one for you and your future kids i expect you'll choose the one on the right i don't know why anybody would choose the one on the left be righteous do not comply thanks for listening and god bless you all don't worry be 
So we choose the one on the left because of fear. You know, God did not give us the spirit of fear. And that I thought that clip was a great reminder of that. So, John, what what would you want people to leave with from hearing what you've presented? There's there's one thing that that can solve this all in one week. And um, what I've I've offered this to uh, a couple of governors. Um, There are two databases. I'm sorry, there's more than two. Every every state has an IIS, an Immunization Information System database. And then, of course, you have vital records and then you have Medicare databases and stuff like that. Now, all it would take is any state to do a correlation and a bin sort between the Immunization Information System and the vital records, death certificates, and come up with, give me people who died in one day from getting vaccinated, three days, one week, three weeks, uh, 10 weeks, 25 weeks. That's all it takes. Any state, you'll find thousands of vaccine deaths within a couple of days. They know this. They're hiding this. They will tell you the toxicology report, blood labs. Um, they'll tell you who was in the car when somebody died. They'll tell you uh, the, the name, the, the town they lived in, all kinds of personal information. And then they'll say, oh, oh, HIPAA rules. We can't tell you the vaccination date of the deceased. The deceased don't have the same rights as as the living. I can understand somebody doesn't want to let you know if they're vaccinated or not. Uh, that's fine. But what I want to leave people with is we have a right to know the vaccination dates of the dead. We have a right to know how many people died within one day or three days or one week of the vaccination. And when you get that, not just this vaccine will end, a lot of the others will end too. Outstanding. That, that That's right on. So we've got to get, we have to get somebody in the, at a higher up level, at a government level to do this analysis. You know, when I, I want to wrap up, I'm going to come back to you for the final word, but you know what, what this shows me more than anything is how much I was programmed to trust the government. And yet I had a healthy distrust for the government, but I still obeyed basically out of laziness. And after Grace died and I jumped in to be a full-time advocate, I had to repent of that reality and, and go all in. And all of us are responsible to reclaim that life that God gave us. So if you see this and you see yourself as you can do more, it's time to repent of that situation. And that's when God can do his work. Once we repent, we have been literally programmed to rely on men to fix things. And this will never work. John's analysis shows you what is the result when you rely on men. And we have to rely on the real prince, not the prince of this world who is controlling men. Uh, So that's what I wanted to close with. I want to say, you know, Jesus's words from John are, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I stand on those words. And I mean, literally, we can do nothing without him. So John, you've got the final word. Um, I guess I'll just say, you know, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Thanks for coming on today, John. It was really, really great to have you. Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate it. All right.
live for further details, we return you now to your regularly scheduled program.